0: Two
2: pitch. A swing a long Deep
1: left. Way hey everybody, JJ Cooper, Kyle Glazer here, another Baseball America playoff podcast. The games keep coming, rolling along, and so we keep rolling along with our playoff recaps. We had the first, stinker is a little strong to say, but the first NLCS game where the outcome didn't really feel in doubt after the first six, seven, maybe even four innings. Chris Taylor with a a, a historic three-home run day. That is something that uh, yes, there's the World Series, there's Reggie, there's all that, but to see that in any playoff series is remarkable. We had the Dodgers on a bullpen day, out pitching and out dueling Max Fried, the Braves ace. It was a, I guess, a surprising result, but is one that that keeps the Dodgers alive, sends the two teams back to Atlanta where they resume tomorrow on Saturday with the Braves still needing to win just one of two and the Dodgers having to win both. But that said, it is something where, it is a somewhat surprising result, Kyle, that we come into today knowing yeah, okay, they're going back to Atlanta. The Braves are up. But I did not feel good about the Dodgers' chances to have, let's throw Johnny Holstaff against Max Freed and come out ahead.
0: Definitely not. And that's where, if you're the Dodgers, you're feeling really, really good about yourselves. This was a game where, look, the Dodgers looked kind of a little bit lifeless after game four. Just their mannerisms, their body language. Uh, This did not seem like a team that – really had it in them to come back from a three-to-one series deficit. And we'll see. They still obviously have two games to do so. But you combine that with going down 2 nothing in the first inning, Freddie Freeman home run, you're throwing a bullpen game, and Joe Kelly, your starter of that bullpen game, leaves with an injury. All sides were pointing toward, man, this is just not it for the Dodgers. Congrats to the Braves. It's a really good Braves team. They've been amazing since the trade deadline, as we've talked about. And it just looks like everything's kind of going in their direction. I even made the point that the Braves getting Jorge Soler back yesterday and the Dodgers adding Andy Burns to their roster felt a little bit like a microcosm of where these two teams were right now. The Braves getting that caliber of player back and the Dodgers countering with that. And then the Dodgers just came back. Chris Taylor has really put the team on his back this postseason. Him and Cody Bellinger really, really struggled at the end of the year this year. And both of them have just come out blazing and really have carried this Dodgers offense for most of the postseason. And three home runs in a game was remarkable. When he went up for that final at bat, a lot of us thought he was going to get the fourth. And he got some hanging breaking balls from Jacob Webb where you're like, Ooh, you know, there's one he fouled away and just missed, another he drove down the left field line. Uh, Really a historic game on his part. I do want to highlight the Dodgers bullpen. We talked about it the other day, just how big of a workload they've had to carry this postseason. This was the second best bullpen in the major leagues. They have a 2.32 ERA this postseason with 70 strikeouts and seven walks in 54 and a third innings they won that bullpen game yesterday eight and a third scoreless after joe kelly left the dodgers bullpen really has been remarkable this postseason and in a lot of ways is the reason they're still alive
1: and this is the advantage you do have when you have the the, uh, had a 3-1 advantage in the series i felt like that once chris taylor went nuts once the dodgers jumped out to an early lead the braves stayed with Max Freed, who I, I think we could share it with me to say battled is the best way to put it. But really, it felt like that the Braves looked at this game as a bullpen reset in many ways, which is they went into this game and once it got a little bit out of hand, they didn't stop trying or anything like that. But the reality of it is, is they basically said, you add this day plus an off day travel day tomorrow, and it means that for Game 6 and 7, they would be able to use all of their best relievers on as fresh as they have been in, since, really, the postseason, since they came into the NLCS, because they had some time off to recover after a, a relatively easy series against the Brewers. Guys like Tyler Madsick, Tyler Madsick didn't pitch. That's, that's remarkable, because Tyler Madsick pitches every, you know, a- every game. But not just that, but that's why you saw Dylan Lee, who basically was a, an add to the roster. You're seeing him two pro innings, two big league innings, not pro, two big league innings coming into the postseason, I believe, two appearances. And here he is throwing multiple innings. Why? Because that meant that the Braves' best bullpen arms will be now rested.
0: Yeah, it was the right thing to do strategically. There's no question. Again, Jacob Webb and Dylan Lee are big leaguers. They're on a playoff roster. Obviously, respect that. But there's no question that if it's a tight, close game, those aren't the guys the Braves are turning to. They were able to give Tyler Matzek, as you mentioned, who had appeared in every postseason game for them, a day off. They obviously didn't use Will Smith. They didn't use AJ Minter, who threw two innings yesterday or two days ago now. Yeah, and this is the right thing to do. Once the game got out of hand, make sure you're fresh and ready to go for Game Six. Obviously, Braves fans are panicking right now. They feel like they've seen this movie before. But as Brian Snickers said post-game, if you told him at the start of the series the Braves would be up three games to two going back to Atlanta, he'd take that every single day.
1: But if we just change the perspective on this a little bit, what happened is the Braves stole a game that they were unexpected to win. Drew Spiley and the bullpen winning a game that, that looked like they were really in trouble in. And then they flipped it and they failed to win the game that seemed like that they had the big advantage, right? Maybe, you know, we're not, we are in an era where the starting pitcher, Framber Valdez accepted goes very few, you know, goes four or five, maybe six. We are in, we, we, we maybe we're overemphasizing. Maybe I should say I'm maybe I'm overemphasizing Max Fried versus bullpen game seemed obvious to me the same way that Julio Urias versus bullpen game seemed obvious the other way, But from a big picture perspective, if the Braves had won that game against that, that, that game, you know, last night where it was max freed, one of their, you know, their ACE arguably on the bound, but lost the bullpen game the day before we would be saying, going here, like, yep, this went just like we expected. And here the Braves are, they're up three to two with two games at home left to go. Aren't they in great shape? It's just the, perspective changes because they lost the game that we kind of expected them to win.
0: Yeah. And I mentioned the Dodgers have plenty of reasons to feel good. So do the Braves. This is going to be a really, really fun weekend series. This has been a fun series already. It's been a pleasure to cover and wild all the way around between two walk-offs the first two days, a crazy eighth inning comeback in game three, a series of events in game four where the Braves just kind of poured it on, the Eddie Rosario show, and yesterday, Chris Taylor hitting three home runs. This has been an epic series all the way through, and I expect it to be that way in six and seven. What's going to be really, really interesting now is for the first time in a while, the Dodgers are going to have Max Scherzer and Walker Buehler throwing on full rest. They've been using these guys on short rest recently. So the Braves are going to throw Ian Anderson and Charlie Morton. I mean, Max Scherzer versus Ian Anderson game six that followed potentially by Charlie Morton, Walker Buehler game seven, everyone fully rested. And this is going to be great.
1: This is this is going to be a a, a battle of this is what you want. This is exactly now what you want. I'm, as a f- fan of baseball, I am thrilled that this is going back to Atlanta. We, more baseball, better than less baseball. But not just that, but like you said, it's not just that. It is also that we now have, I would be less thrilled. I'd still be thrilled, but I would be less thrilled if we said, well, the matchups are game seven, bullpen versus bullpen, just doesn't have the same half, the same dramatic feel if you said well the dodgers are expected to send joe kelly for three outs obviously not hurt and then yeah, jesse chavez yeah no that, there's that no would question not have the same uh, uh, appeal to me as saying oh we're gonna see scherzer we're gonna see bueller we're gonna see morton we're gonna see ian anderson that has that that heft that gravitas that you look for in a uh in, a, in an lcs okay so i'll Kick it back to you, you, Kyle, Like, I'm obviously going to say, I think the Braves, the fact that they have to win two, one of two is a big advantage, but where do you think it stands right now?
0: You know, I said when the Dodgers went down and their starting pitching was tired, and we saw the effects of that whole year, I thought that they probably only had a 10% chance to win the series. Um, give them credit. They've come back. I mean, I, you certainly like the Braves' chances again. They're at home. They've got – Anderson and Morton going they only need to win one of two and oh by the way Eddie Rosario is still hitting the hell out of the baseball two more hits last night he's hitting 571 with a 1609 OPS this series Freddie Freeman has really really turned it around after that ugly 0 for 8 start with seven strikeouts he's heating up so I mean the Braves have some good things going here uh, their bullpens has been very very good as well specifically Matt Sick, Minter, and Will Smith obviously Luke Jackson Gave up the Bellinger home run the other night, but more often than not, he's been solid this year. I do like where the Braves are positioned, but I also think this is the strongest position the Dodgers have been in, arguably since the start of the NLDS, because now they have their starting pitchers ready to go on full rest. I actually think... (laughs) The Dodgers now, I'm going to be really curious to see if they've learned from their mistakes. And, I mean, I guess now would be the time in a series you're okay using a starter in relief, particularly if Game 7 comes around. But just seeing how they kind of manage their pitching staff will be key to me, which is all a long way to say, I don't know. Every prediction I've had about this series has been wrong so far. I thought the Dodgers were going to win Game 4. and When they didn't, I thought the Braves were going to win yesterday in a walkover. And neither of those two things happen, So I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy the games and not make any predictions.
1: So that's the NLCS. Now let's look ahead to tonight. We turn to the ALCS. I'm gonna do that right after a quick break.
2: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, better than reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? And we're
1: back. So we've looked at the NLCS. Now we're effectively in the same situation in the, well, a similar situation in the ALCS in that you have, we it, it here we are, it's game six. The Astros need to win one. The Red Sox need to win two. The overarching question coming into game six, I think, is we have Nate Eovaldi, who we have the question of, how much will he be affected by on his throw day going out and losing the game basically in the ninth inning on his throw day as a reliever is that going to affect him is he going to be limited because he's thrown more recently than his last start but then on the astros side you have luis garcia trying to come back and we have the open question there of is he healthy is is he going to be able to give them what we saw from Luis Garcia during the regular season, or is he trying to gut through because he knows that the Astros pitching staff has been somewhat gutted by injuries right now, but is that going to limit his ability to be effective against on both sides here? We have two great lineups. What do you see kind of, what are you looking for tonight? Yeah.
0: I'm looking for A, is Nate Uvaldi going to be sharp? You know, we saw with Julio Urias in game four in the NLCS, his velocity was fine, but he just wasn't sharp. He couldn't quite finish batters. He got to a lot of two-strike counts. I believe Stephanie Apstein at Sports Illustrated actually tweeted it out. Got to two strikes on 10 of 17 batters. And those hitters went five for nine with two homers, RBI single, a triple, and a walk. He just couldn't quite finish them. His location wasn't as sharp. He was just a little bit off. And I'm going to be curious to see if it's the same situation for Nate Uvalde here where, again, he's just a little bit off and that makes the difference. I need to see what the Red Sox offense is going to do. We've talked a little bit about the Dodgers have been very, very boomer bust offensively this postseason. The Red Sox have been a little bit this series too. After exploding in games two and three, they scored three runs combined in their last two games. I mean, they've completely disappeared. And a lot of that is, hey, give credit to the Astros pitchers, particularly Framber Valdez went out, pitched his tail off. That's the guy we've seen in recent years who's become a very good left-handed starter very quietly. But which Red Sox offense is going to show up? You know the Astros offense is going to show up, especially at home. They're going to score. The only question is whether it's going to be five runs or nine runs it's which Red Sox offense is going to show up. And I don't have a good answer there. I really do think a lot of this is going to hinge on just how sharp Uvalde is because that's going to be the difference between, okay, do the Astros score 4-5 or, or do they score 8 or 9? And given where this Red Sox offense has been these last couple games, I think you feel better chasing 4. I mean, you always feel better chasing 4 than chasing 8 or 9, but especially given just how Jekyll and Hyde this Red Sox offense has been, that's going to be key, how Nate Uvalde positions them.
1: It, you you hit on it, which is I I do feel I feel better about the Astros lineup's ability to kind of score a multitude of ways. I I, I, I say this knowing that I'm going to probably sound like an idiot in a day when the Red Sox uh, get eleven hits, twelve hits, six walks, score seven without a home run tonight or something like that. But but it does feel like to me. Beyond just the fact that the Astros have only need to win one, it, it, it does feel to me this is the game that's really the the vital one because I do feel like if the uh, if the Red Sox can get this one, I kind of like their chances in a in a one v one much. But it, it all comes down to a lot of ways to Luis Garcia. If Luis Garcia is healthy, then. Garcia versus Iovaldi is a perfectly fine matchup for the Astros. And the Astros bullpen versus the Red Sox bullpen, we have seen, I think, consistently through this series that the Astros have more confidence in their best relievers than the Red Sox do in the majority of their relievers. That's one thing that we keep seeing in this series is, other than, I'll put it this way to you, Kyle, other than Garrett Whitlock, the fact that Nadia Iovaldi came into that game in the ninth, Kind of is just that little reminder that yes, they 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 put it together at the end of the season, but this Red Sox bullpen has generally not been as consistent as the Astros bullpen has. I don't feel like that there's a whole lot of guys who have that complete trust like the Astros Pen has.
0: Well, a lot of it is like you mentioned that these guys pitch well at the end of the season, but in this series, the Red Sox bullpen has not been great. And some of this is inflated a little bit by that one ugly outing there at the end of game four. But you look at it on the whole in this series, the Red Sox bullpens combined for 19 and two thirds innings. They given up 27 hits, 17 earned runs. I mean, the numbers across the board are ugly. It's a 7.78 ERA. It's a 3.38 opponents average. And you're right, the Astros bullpen, by comparison, has been significantly better this series, and that is absolutely an edge. So, again, before this all started, we both said we picked the Astros in six. I do think things are lining up well for them. Again, what Luis Garcia can give them is going to be huge, but if, say, Luis Garcia's knee isn't right and Nate Uvalde is just not as sharp because he threw that relief appearance a couple days ago, if that's even, then it's battle of the offenses and the bullpens. And if that's the case, that's edge Astros, particularly the bullpen, how both teams have been throwing. So we picked Astros in six. I don't think I need to jump off that prediction now, but if Uvalde can go out and just keep it reasonably close,
1: the Red Sox have a shot. There's no question. They're not out of it by any means either the fact that I pick Astros and six and the success of my predictions in this series now makes me think that maybe it's the Red Sox, but it will be the most important thing is, is we are set for a very fun weekend of baseball by the end of this weekend, barring weather, we should know who is uh, headed to the world series. And that's a very exciting time. October is the best time for baseball in, in many ways. I, <laughs> October, if we had October with the Miners still going on, it'd be the ideal time for me. But uh, Josh Norris chimes up and goes, hey, the AFL's going on, so it is the best time for baseball for him. But it is one of the best times for baseball. We will know we have a lot to enjoy, a lot to digest, a lot to chew over when we return on Monday talking about what will be a World Series matchup. Again, barring hopefully no rain in uh, Atlanta, that could screw this up. But that's gonna be fun to watch. We'll be watching it. I'm imagining you will be too. We do hope you're enjoying these playoff podcasts as we get together every morning. As you hear Kyle, you know, like we, Kyle's daughter is, uh, is kind of the third member of this pod, which is perfectly, uh, which is great. And uh, you know, we're getting up, he's getting up early to do these, so we appreciate it. So for Kyle, I'm JJ. So long everybody.